0: you're listening to the north peace roundtable podcast your weekly podcast about theology and the christian life episode 76 fellas wow (laughs) that seemed very sarcastic it was a little forced wow (laughs) well thanks for tuning in to the north peace roundtable podcast my name is andrew with me as always is cameron
1: Not really, as always. Yeah. Yeah, A little little hiatus.
0: As always, sometimes he's here. (laughs) As mostly. As mostly. mostly. (laughs) And with me, as mostly, Cameron and Corland is here. Hello, hello. So thanks for tuning in. If you are new to listening to the podcast, we do this every week, roughly. And uh, we talk about things pertaining to Christianity, the Bible, questions we might have that come in. And so we've got a question that we're going to answer uh, this morning. So I'm just going to read it. Corlin sent it out to us, but Corlin, you got this from somebody else. Yeah, that is correct. So it says, how, how do we as Christians navigate being friends with people in the LGBTQ plus community? So is it a sin to be friends with someone who is gay or trans? What would or should it look like if you are friends with people in that community? So I, I think We would all, like, we're not going to spend time digging into, you know, is it sinful? What does the Bible say? I think we would all, I don't know if we've done a podcast on that already. Maybe not. I don't think we have. I think uh, people can, like, safely assume that all of us would say, yeah, according to Scripture, um, you know, homosexuality is a sin. And that lifestyle is not blessed by God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so as Christians, we wouldn't ever say, like, yep it's good. Just love love people meaning accept whatever they do and you know yeah gay people should get married and it's great and we're just kind of like blessing all of that i think we can people listening can assume that we don't land there but i guess specifically the question is well then as followers of jesus how do we interact with people in that community what is the best way do we go and picket the gay pride parade do we not associate with anyone like like, i think that's probably what the question is getting at do i just say yeah this is great invite them into my home to have a share meal like yeah just kind of practically what do we do good question
2: <laughs> i feel like that's becoming a staple again too i mean just saying good question after every question i don't know i think I think it's really, really important to recognize, uh, that as followers of Christ, if we are to live as Christ lived, Christ lived with a bunch of sinners, right? Right. And, and the fact that our sin is sin as well would, I mean, those people could ask, anyone could ask the same question, uh, around us of, should we hang out with them? Cause they're a sinner, Right. We just seem to like to classify certain things as worse than others because we're human and that's just what we like to do is put things in boxes. Um, I think if we're actually trying to live like Jesus, though, it would mean that we we would live a life where we actually do uh, welcome the people in. I heard a, a scholar once say, it was a really interesting quote. I have like a sneeze on the end of my nose. We'll see if I can make it through this. Um, <laughs> he he got asked if if someone from the LGBTQ plus community would be welcome in his church. And he said, yes, absolutely. They'd be welcome in his church. They just wouldn't be welcome to stay the same. And it sounds a little bit harsh. But I think, and, and he explained a little bit further of like the, the whole idea of becoming a follower of Christ. And, and what happens afterwards is that we are molded into the image of Christ. And so I don't think that that doesn't mean that we, we don't struggle with sin anymore, but I think that it means that we as followers of Christ would want to constantly be putting to death that sin, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, whether it's, it's, uh, attraction to the opposite sex, we would want to be saying no to that, whether it was, I don't know, say you were a constant gossip at, wherever you're at in life mm-hmm. to to stop doing that right because it doesn't build the kingdom of Christ in the way that he wants it to um i don't know christianity is all about death to self and living for christ right i don't know what do you guys think <clears throat> sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> i kept thinking of um the statement friend of sinners mm-hmm. and i think it can be misconstrued in a, in a couple different ways to to say Okay, we're friendly and accepting you know full bore everything we have no position or or opportunity to to speak or to to lead through action, but um we see throughout jesus's ministry of of him welcoming and, and being welcome but not condoning sin or participating yep. in sin or yep. encouraging sin and but we yet we see this real unique tension where he's just living in community with sinners mm-hmm. yeah with with you know, obviously, he could erase sin. He could, he could, you know, convict. But he does. We don't see that every single time. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that if we were to relate or to parallel that in in a way, uh, I would r- think back to an acquaintance uh, uh, before this person became a friend who told me that he was gay, and then asked me if I think it's sin. I think I shared this on yes. here. Before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, well, <clears throat> no. And, and he kind of looked confusing because I said, well, you don't believe like you're not a you don't call yourself a Christian. It's it's a little weird. Um, and I don't even remember how it all went. But I didn't feel in that moment like, OK, I'm sitting with a person who's sitting in this particular way. I, I don't even. I don't really even look through that lens when I meet someone new like, oh, this person's a depraved sinner. I have to be careful around them. Like, I don't use that as an initial lens like <laughs> Yeah, um, right. <laughs> for anyone who's worked, you know, in a secular workplace, like you just don't really think about it. Like but you're in community with these people 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, you know, is that wrong? I think we're if to look at this lens, can I be friends with someone that's gay? Well, how do, can you go to work if you can't wrestle the tension of being in community with someone who's lost because we see Jesus doing that and doing it well.
0: Yeah, I think <clears throat> the tricky part of this question is in our day and age. Um, love means like you must just fully accept everything that I say. Sure. And in our culture, when we say like, yeah, we love people, it, it almost means like, well, you cannot disagree with them or mm-hmm. hold a different view. So yeah, for instance, we can say, yeah, absolutely. We love, uh, homosexuals, transgender people. We love, yeah. But then it's like automatically assumed, oh, so then you affirm it, everything that I believe. And it's like, no, I love my kids and I don't affirm a lot of the things that they do because it's wrong. And yet I think it's really hard in our culture because it feels like, well, by you saying you don't affirm my lifestyle or the choices I'm making it's just because you hate me and it's like no you can you can actually hold those things in tension it is possible to Mm -hmm. say like I actually love you as a person I love you as an individual we can be friends you can come over to my house for dinner we can go out for lunch I I can still disagree with what you're doing because of my you know biblical worldview so that's where it gets tricky so
2: so do you think that that's because uh, I, I, I think a question that might come up is like is that associating with sinners then because Paul I can't remember which letter it is but he talks about like making sure you don't associate with with sinners is that he
0: talks Paul's you got to be re- really clear Paul is saying you don't associate with people who claim the name of Jesus and yet continue in yeah. sin so it, so and I was going to get there in first Corinthians 5. Because I think, yeah, people sometimes look at Paul's words and they go, see, we're not supposed to associate with sinners. No, 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 no. He says, if someone comes to your church and says, I'm a follower of Jesus, and yet I'm going to cheat on my wife repeatedly over and over and over and have no remorse, then he's saying, like, don't associate with that person because they're a liar, right? And and the whole point of not associating with them is that they wake up and go, "Whoa, man, what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm claiming to follow Jesus, and yet I don't. So I so let me just read 1 Corinthians 5. So the example that Paul gives is that in the Corinthian church, there is a guy who is sleeping with his father's wife. So this there's a, a guy that's um, sleeping with his stepmother, essentially. And apparently, like Paul says, it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that's not even tolerated among pagans. For a man has his father's wife and you are arrogant Ought you not rather to mourn let him who has done this be removed among you so the corinthian church wasn't even particularly bothered by it it was just kind of like whatever god's grace covers us right and and paul's like not even the pagans live like this <laughs> like even people who aren't christians would be like that's right. gross man yeah. <laughs> yep but he's like you guys are like almost quasi celebrating it being like well whatever it doesn't matter so then he go i'm not going to read the whole passage but you know, deliver this man over to Satan basically. So kick him out of the church. Cause he's claiming to be a Christian and he's doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. But then he says in verse nine, I wrote to you in my letter, not to associate with sexually immoral people. So if you just stopped it there, you'd go case closed, right? Do not hang out with any homosexuals, but keep reading verse 10, not at all, meaning the sexually immoral of this world. So you go, Oh, oh okay. Well, that's different. <laughs> Or the greedy, or swindlers, or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. <laughs> right. But now I'm writing you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he's guilty of sexual immorality, or greed, or an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler. Not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? It is not those. Is it not those inside the church whom you're, you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. So Paul's whole thing is like we don't judge the the world because they don't even care what the Bible says. Right. So me going to my homosexual neighbors who aren't Christians going, you guys are living in sin. They'd be like, we don't care. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and I like that Paul says, if we were really not going to associate with any sexually immoral people, we'd have to like leave, leave the planet world. earth. Yeah, because, y- yeah. Cause they're yeah. everywhere. Like, yeah. so.
1: And I thought about the, the relationship because back to the story of this individual who actually, if you remember said, I went to a church and felt accepted, but I didn't feel accepted afterwards. Mm. And I think that that natural societal relationship, uh, religion gets blamed on that, but you don't build close relationship with people to whom you don't have any like commonalities or any like yeah. uh, close, you know, connection. If you think of anyone in your friend circle, there's, there's, a, there's a, a connectedness uh, in mutual interests and if someone's living depraved in sin or, or, or even in a lifestyle that's so opposite to yours, it may be natural that there's not that relationship that builds. And, right. And if they come to your home during your life group, they're probably not going to feel welcome solely because the conversation or the nature of the event or just the atmosphere of the gathering is not going to be one that makes them feel comfortable. They'll, they'll interpret often... As I'm unwelcome, but it's like, no, it's kind of a, just a natural relationship running its course where we may have very different priorities, values, and, and, um, perspectives on, on so many things in life that naturally we just wouldn't grow closer.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Corlin's like, "Yeah, yeah, amen. So I think, uh, yeah, to answer this person's question, like, should we, uh, you know, being friends, is it a sin to be friends with someone who's gay or trans? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we absolutely should build relationships with all manner of people in the world because we love them and we want to share the gospel with them. Now, I think that it would be different, let's say, if uh, a homosexual came to our church and said yeah, I am a follower of Jesus and yet was continuing to live in a homosexual lifestyle and was sleeping with other men and blah, 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 blah. Then I think we would have an obligation because it's like, well, now you're claiming that you believe the Bible. You're claiming that you hold to this worldview and your life. It's the same with anybody who comes here and it's like, I'm addicted to porn. Well, we got to address it. We don't just go like, well, we love you. It's fine. Now, if someone who wasn't a Christian was addicted to porn, yeah, we can give our opinion and say like, yeah, that's really destructive. But I can't be like, stop sinning because they're yeah. not a Christian. Because yeah. that it's not sin to and them. And what Paul
1: is saying is that's the Holy Spirit's role to convict the world of sin, and it's yeah. not our position uh, to judge in that way. Yeah.
0: No. Now it's easy to say that, but it's hard. Sure. Because yeah. we have a worldview, right? And uh, I mean, I'm I'm friends with people who aren't Christians. I'm I have a transgender friend. We we all probably know people who. You know, we we should know people are friends with people who aren't Christians or who are in this kind of lifestyle and community. It's hard because it's our worldview is like, that's wrong. It's sinful. It's an affront to God. So it's hard to like not jump right into, well, I got to judge you. Like, but Paul says like, what business do we have judging outsiders? None. Now it's hard. You got to live in that tension then because. Yeah you know they're gonna do i remember so i'll give you an example i remember like our neighbors went before we moved um uh, not christians were living together and we had kind of the beginnings of a relationship and friendship with them and there was times that they would like say stuff that kind of graded on me because i'm like oh why are you talking like that like it just bothers you because you're a christian mm-hmm. yeah or we went to their house once. I think I shared this before to drop off a, a present because they just had a baby. And so Lucy and Ruby and my wife, Molly and myself. So we go over and like on their TV, I don't even know what show it was, but some show set in like, you know, ancient times, not Game of Thrones, but something like that. And like we're visiting and they just left it on and there's like a graphic (laughs) sex scene and like it's muted right because they're like oh yeah just come on in and talk so i remember just kind of being like i could be like this is sinful why are you watching this but i just said like oh girls go over there and look at those toys and then i'm just kind of like if you you can't see me but i'm just kind of like covering my eyes with my hand and and talking with them and then we just left shortly after but it was awkward right And I could have made a big stink and, like, got on my soapbox and told them that this is depraved and immoral and why can't you be more like me and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't because it would just ruin the relationship. So right. you'll probably have to navigate stuff like that, yep. right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Have you guys had – I mean, you shared your friend. Right. Um, And it's interesting that he wanted to know right away, like, is this sin? Like,
1: Yeah, like, are you okay with that? And it was really strange. Or do you think I'm living in sin? I was a little bothered by that because I kind of wanted to say, why do you care? Yeah, right. What does it matter what (laughs) I think? Um, But I think we wouldn't want anyone to hear like, because it was a joke in like youth groups, like the whole missionary dating, like, oh, I'm going to go save the world by just being in parties and hanging out because I'm a, you know, I'm just trying to be a light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just
0: feeling like pass me
3: another beer.
1: (laughs) Or just being in places and around, uh, you know, situations where, you know, And I guess the the good test could be like, do you even appear different? Like, is there anything about you and the way that you live your life that, that would cause someone to say, "I wonder why they're not partaking in this uh, event"? Yeah, that could be a good little check and balance. And uh, if the answer is no, then you're probably not doing any justice to loving the world. You're just you're actually just straddling that, that fence of just living in the world. Yeah, that's
0: a really good point. Because yeah, we're meant to be friends with sinners and be in the world but jesus says like but you're not of the world so if you're in the world and no one can tell that you're a christian then there's probably a problem you're just being worldly yeah right rather than like no i actually want to like reach and then yeah so then it then it breaks down into so many other questions like you know would if uh if you're you're friends with a homosexual couple and they get married and they invite you to the wedding would you go there's a whole nother wrestle because you're like well
1: Buffet or plated? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Terrible. Is there an open bar or is it a cash bar? But uh, I've, I've wrestled with someone through this because they that, that exact scenario, they were invited to, uh, I can't remember, it wasn't a family, I can't remember who it was, but it was a homosexual wedding. And they were like, okay, if I go, then by my actions I'm saying, I approve of this. Yeah, right. But I also love these people and I don't want to burn bridges. And so I think in their decision was I'm going to have a really open and honest conversation with them, but just tell them that I just can't come to their wedding because my, my worldview is just, I just can't do it. So luckily for them, it didn't burn any bridges and it was just kind of like, yeah, okay, we're disappointed, but we understand. Yeah. So, But you just got to navigate all those I, kind of like really tricky situations, right? I think
2: that that's where it it's better to deal with these things relationally rather than from a soapbox to totally. strangers. Um, if you've already built a friendship that isn't dependent on your support of their lifestyle, then when you don't support their lifestyle, it doesn't destroy either of the bridges that you guys have built to like, be friends. Right? So if your whole friendship with that person is built on that, you're a Christian who affirms that they're gay and then you get invited to their wedding and you decide not to go because well, you're a Christian, it's like, well, of course there'd be confusion and frustration there. But if you've built that relationship on other things, then when those types of things come up, then, then not only do they see that you're uh, you're doing your best to live differently. And Mm -hmm. if you navigate those types of conversations well, that you're trying to do it in a Christ-like manner, it might still upset them, and I I think that there's room as Christians to have people upset at us. Sure, but but I think that it's really really important to have our hearts in the right place when we're doing it, and I maybe that sounds cliche. I could understand where someone listening might might hear that as like. I don't know, like a a wiggle the tie on your neck, like I'm better than, than thou type thing. But I think, I think the heart posture is, is that we want to replicate what Christ did. We want to Mm -hmm. be different. We want to, yeah, we want to bring his kingdom and and some of those things, some of the things of this world, believe it or not, are not in it. Right. So then, yeah, we, we get that awkward chance to navigate those types of scenarios, so yeah, yeah. relationship is is huge yeah. a lot of uh I think a lot of Christians just shut people out as soon as they're at all different from what they would believe anyone should look like yep. and and that's not healthy either I would say that's every bit as much a sin, yes yeah. as,
1: as yeah <clears throat> we as Christians spend a lot of time hashing out these kind of scenarios, and I was actually just thinking as you were speaking, like I've been. Living as a Christian for 20 years in a world straddling, like, you know, treatment and like oh. salvation. I mean, like, and it's one time that one person living in this space had questions like that. And we kind of like get this fear going, like, oh, if I am going to open myself up, then they're just going to come flying at me, yeah. like, every from every corner. You know, if you're if you're an individual really worried about how you respond, you probably don't really have to because <laughs> you 'cause you're you're <laughs> probably not putting yourself in those relationship scenarios anyway. Yeah. But yeah. These kind of questions and I'm only assuming it would come from maybe a younger generation of like, man, is this all around me in school yeah, and totally. like work? Yeah. Um and how do I navigate like how do I do that? So yeah. um
0: Yeah, that's yeah. good. Because I think um Oh man, I had a thought and then it's like slowly drifting away. Oh yeah, so cuz like I mean the Bible is quite black and white in terms of like, okay, is homosexuality a sin? Yeah. It, it, I I don't think there's a lot of wiggle room to be like, well, maybe it isn't. However, the scenarios that we have to like navigate is not black and white, right? Yeah. That's where we need much wisdom from the word to go how do I how do I Do this and i think we just cause damage when we go okay the homosexual issue in the bible black and white now i'm just going to treat every single homosexual i meet as like boom cut closed case like it's and it's just not the case right It, it takes much wisdom so i'll give you another example um and this scenario happened to me right with uh the transgender issue um you know someone in the church you know was bothered that i used the preferred pronouns of the transgender person, right? So uh, they were born female. They were saying, I'm a male now. And so when we were talking about the scenario, it was like he, him. And they were like, why are you doing that? That's not really, that's fake. It's made up. It's made up language. They're not a he, they're not a him. And for them, that was a hill to die on. I will never call them he. I'm like, okay, sure. But is it really, is it really that big of a deal to like completely cut off a relationship and any chance to like share the gospel because of like, I don't want to say he, I want to say she instead. And for me, I just told them, it's not a hill to die on. I don't care. I'll call you whatever you want if I can Mm -hmm. build a relationship with you. And, but you're just feeding into the lie. And I'm like, well, perhaps, but it was one of those scenarios of, is it black and white or is it like, hmm to To actually care about this individual and to build a relationship with them, I'll will call you whatever you want. Like, yeah. right? So, I, I think it's because Christians are really
2: afraid that we would ever cross the line into affirming a sure. lifestyle yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Um. So I don't know. In my brain, this is an example that connects. Uh, when I was struggling with an addiction to pornography and sexual addiction uh, early on, when I'd come back to to Christ. You, yourself, Andrew, and and Don, who works here, spent hours listening to me talk about how I was struggling and what types of things I was struggling. Never once did I feel like I was affirmed by the fact that you guys were willing to listen to me and and Mm. be friends with me. Like I never once felt like, hey, it's okay that I'm doing this, but I also never felt condemned for it. Right, I didn't do my job then. <laughs> Just <laughs> Just and, and I think that that's where that balance strikes yeah. when you're dealing with issues like pronouns and stuff like that is, is do you run the risk of making that person assume that you affirm? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. But I think that if you're building relationship, who knows, maybe that person will come to the point where they'll ask you like, hey, out of all the Christians I've met, why did you do this? And then you yeah. get the chance to explain, like, I didn't think that that was a hill to die on because I would have rather had an opportunity to share Jesus' love with you or to to remind you of these things and, and where sin is affecting both of us, hmm. right? And, and to try and call you back to Christ, I thought that was more important than me standing on this hill to like make sure that I was good, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, again, it's that relational aspect. If you, if you build the trust with people, no matter what the sin is, it's easier to deal with sin than if you're just preaching from a soapbox or if they don't know you and you're yelling at them from a distance. Yeah. Cause I don't think Jesus did that very often.
0: Yeah. All right. I think we solved it. Uh, no, hopefully that, that helps you. Uh, Because I know more and more in our culture, we're dealing with situations like this um, where it's how do we walk that line of, you know, holding true to biblical convictions and yet still loving people in the mess of this world that we live in. So much wisdom is needed. And as always, uh, if you if you need help or have more questions, you can always reach out to us. Um, I want to end with a clip. And I just realized that I don't have my podcast cast, oh, no. on my new computer so I'll, I'll just i just did it for you this is an episode impo- this is a segment of the podcast cast react pretty good right that's, that's not fine. bad okay so um we have a clip that we want to react to it's two minutes long and it's another clip from our favorite church any guesses bethel yeah <laughs> now as i picked this clip i thought I know and maybe I already like have have done this disclaimer. I know people are going to be like, why are you picking on Bethel? Um the reason why is that I think Bethel is probably one of the most dangerous churches today. Yeah. Because so around the globe, so many people listen to their music, play their music on Sundays. I see people all the time in our own church reposting this quote from Bill Johnson or this sermon clip from Chris Valentin, And yeah. people are just mindlessly consuming this false teaching. So the reason that we show clips like this is one is that they're so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and two, we want to expose and say like, this is the kind of things that Bethel believes. So this is a, a a clip from I don't know this lady's name, but she is on staff at Bethel. She does a lot of their um sozo, do you know the the like spiritual counseling. Oh. It's anyways, it's like it's called sozo, I believe. But she does a lot of the spiritual her husband was the CFO for Bethel for years and years and years. So this is not I just want to clarify because I know people you're taking it out of context. This is not like You know, a guest person that they went, oh, no, I can't believe she said that. This is someone who is on staff at the Bethel Church. So uh, we'll uh, listen to this clip.
3: I think sometimes we are locked in a prison of unforgiveness
0: because our
3: bodies are mad at us. Oh, (laughs) Or we are mad at our bodies.
1: I had burritos How year.
3: many? <laughs> Don't interrupt.
1: <laughs> uh, you ha- you had me
0: locked in a prison of unforgiveness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because our bodies are mad at us. Well, yeah. We're right. mad at our bodies because I had talked. Fat shaming.
3: <laughs> bodies are screaming at us all the time. It's called pain. Ow. It's called sickness. It's called disease. So close your eyes.
0: <laughs> close your eyes.
3: Say Holy Spirit. Is my body mad at me? <laughs> if you heard yes, stand up. Whoa. Buddha, ha, ha. <laughs> what did she say?
0: Speaking in tongues. Whoa. Wow. Um, can I just say I love the that was put in by this person. So uh, ask, you know, Holy Spirit, is my body mad at me? Do you and have to use that said, tone of voice? To, Is my body man I mean, Yeah, so keep, let's keep listening. So a bunch of people said yes, and they, and they stood up, and that's why she went, whoa, yada papa, or whatever.
3: I have seen so many people healed when they've been prayed for and prayed for and prayed for when they release this prayer. And I know it sounds weird, but just do this. Say body.
0: Okay, that's never a good preface. <laughs> When someone says like, hey, 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 I know it sounds weird, but just do this with me. It's like, mm, red flag. <laughs> yeah, you
2: probably got taught
0: that when you were a kid. Hey, I know these look weird, but just eat these mushrooms with me, okay? Like, that's not hey, a hey, good hey, sign. Hey, hey, I know my van looks weird, but just <laughs> get inside.
2: Like, yeah.
3: I ask you to forgive me.
0: Okay, sorry. It, she said body, so they're praying to their bodies. Body, I ask you to forgive me. I'm
2: what sorry am? for eating.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For any way, I have mistreated you. For any way, I have let you down, ignored you, and made you scream louder. I say to the just buck up spirit, (laughs) whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm done partnering with you. You have harmed my body, and I command you off of me.
2: So yeah. it's a, hey, yo,
3: body. Will you forgive me? How many of you heard yes? yes. <laughs> yeah, so say body. As you forgive me, let's step out of prison. And into the possibilities of healing.
0: Well.
2: All right, let's start the Daniel fast.
0: <laughs> what do you guys think?
2: I, I, to be Can honest, you know when it? I watch clips like this, I personally really struggle not to just be rude. Uh, yeah, because like, it's just over the top. It's like,
1: so bad. Like, what her name? Did it say? Um, did it the, the clip title?
0: No, it doesn't say in the clip title, but I did some... Or what was the clip title? It was called Bethel Pastor Leads Congregation in Prayer to Their Own Bodies for Forgiveness. Like, I I just really struggled not to be just blatantly
2: rude. I think, I don't know, we do not pray to our own body. No. If, If you're struggling with health issues, yes, we should pray. I mean, Paul's a good example with the thorn in his side. He prays... What what was it like three times that it would be removed?
0: Yeah, but yeah, praise to to the Lord. Yeah, yeah, he prays to the to Lord, not to his body. Body. Yeah.
2: Um, and yeah, it just it it feel it seems as though it's this self image thing all over again of like I I'm good the way that I am, but also if I've ever done anything wrong to me, I'm sorry to me. It's like well, yeah, you, and yeah yes we can we can feel remorse for the choices that we've made we we can feel i think there's a healthy amount of guilt that a person can feel but it should convict us to turn like through the holy spirit we should be convicted to turn back to christ with those things well
0: see, and it's the narrative that um if you're sick or you have pain oh that's your body trying to tell you something which i'm like yeah physically totally yep like when I feel pain in my arm, it's because my body is saying, there's something wrong with your arm. Yep. Yep. Okay. But then it's this idea that, oh, and then there is a spiritual fix to any pain or suffering. Repeat this prayer after me. Repeat this prayer. And it's just your, you have to ask forgiveness and walk out of the, the prison. So I'm like, okay, so the person that has cancer... So like follow the line of reasoning. The person that has cancer... Well, you're supposed to just pray to your body and ask for forgiveness Mm -hmm. and then walk out of that prison of. And then so what happens when that person still dies of cancer? Well, then it's like, well, the spiritual fix didn't work. Now, sure, we pray for healing and people get healed from cancer. That's praise the Lord. But to say that, like. Pain and sickness and suffering is you just got to, like, pray this prayer and then, whoa, and then we're all healed. It's just nonsense to me. Yeah. And to be clear, like, this is not some, like, oh, you're just finding some fringe psychopath. No, this is a staff person. And I have a beard hair in my mouth. It's really annoying. Um, she She might be gone now. This might be a few years old. Yeah. But she was a staff person at Bethel so it's not like some crazy lunatic yeah and you see the problem is you see this over and over and over and over and I keep hearing it explained away and oh well no no it's not that well then what is it because it's nonsense right like yeah. even just a few years and, ago and it keeps happening that so. all the Bethel leaders and someone led them through this prayer to end racism right and they banged the staff on the ground you shall not pass racism's over and it's like why is this kind of stuff allowed to happen in a church? Like, that is just lunacy, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's why it's so dangerous is that, sure, you might listen to a Bill Johnson sermon and go, hey, that was pretty good. And granted, he might preach some really good sermons, Feel, but this sermons. kind of stuff is happening underneath the surface and people are getting sucked in where all of a sudden they go,
1: oh, yeah, maybe I... It could have been at this uh, Art Sozo workshop that she led on in 2017 on the website of Bethel Art it says encounter God in a unique way using paint and sozo inner healing tools in the art sozo workshop you will paint three paintings which you will keep and connect your emotions to the heart of God no art experience is needed you is know? that
0: lead-based paint or not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: 45 dollars only for the
0: <laughs> so wait a 2nd There in a. Not well ventilated room. They're all painting for an hour
1: <laughs> and feeling Spray something. Paint. Yeah.
0: See, yeah. Anyways, we joke, but it is but like this is
1: on the the Bethel Reading Church website. Yeah, right. They, they should have taken it off. It's five years old, but
0: so anyways. The yeah. So this is not fringe stuff. This is just happening at the church, and yet I can't tell you how many times I've gotten in trouble for saying anything against Bethel and then it's just been explained well I mean yeah the the Bethel students lying on graves soaking up the spirits of dead people well we don't really promote that so it's fine But you should (laughs) do it if you want (laughs) yeah so like stuff like that it's just kind of like it's just always explained away and never saying like actually that's like wicked and an abomination to lie on the grave of someone to try and soak their spirit up like that's that's wickedness. It's just always like, oh, those crazy Bethel students. So that's my yeah. issue with it. Right. They're just a little bit Pentecostal. Are that's you all. doing a deep dive into the Bethel website?
1: <laughs> I am. Its, yeah, I went on their arts and creativity page right off the main ministry page. And yes, yeah. the, the team's passion is to use the arts as a supernatural way to open the doors to miraculous love and power. Okay, and uh, of God that brings healing and transformation, so through equipping and sending out anointed anointed artists, musicians and photographers, actors, and dancers, uh, they're ushering a culture of celebration into the streets <laughs>
2: one of one of the quotes <laughs> on, I'm not making this stuff up like. one of the quotes on their website uh, this is from Bill Johnson. It says, "What's the will of God on earth as it is in heaven? If mm-hmm. it exists there, it's supposed to exist here Oh yeah. That's it's like the take. will of God is that we're sanctified. The Bible says that very, very clearly. Yeah. And the will of God is that eventually heaven will
0: be made whole with earth.
2: And yep. like,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, we could go on and on and on. Uh, but anyways, if, if you're like kind of on the fence or saying like, is it that bad? It is. It is as bad as it sounds. And I would not recommend anyone go to Bethel, listen to Bethel. We would actually, we've, you know, we stopped singing Bethel music here the church just because it was just it was confusing for people going like wait do we like support them or like no so we just said you know what we're just not going to sing their music Yep. so anyways um this is why we want you to grow in discernment so when you hear stuff like that you just go uh, that seems i mean that was a that was a softball that was an easy one to know that it was wrong <laughs> but anyways so all angry emails can be sent to corland at npmbchurch.com because he never checks his email so uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in episode 76 hopefully this has been helpful and uh, if you have any questions that you want us to talk about please send them to us and we will talk to you next week